What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the True Crime Society podcast with Stephanie and Olivia. Hopefully, we have some new listeners today after we've made so many new Instagram friends. Um, probably like 26,000 to In be exact over In the last week. week. It's crazy. Yeah. Even And don't forget our Facebook friends, too. I think we're at over 170,000 on the page. So I think maybe a week or two ago, or maybe two weeks, we spoke about hitting 100K. So... 70th, we've almost doubled. It's crazy. It's just absolutely bananas at the moment. And that is all thanks to the Gabby Petito case, which is what I hope you're all here to hear about because I did an Instagram poll on if we should do it or if it was overdone at this point. And 92% of people said yes and some said no, but some of those people who said no messaged me and said that they didn't mean to say no, so it could be even more people who want to hear this episode. An accidental no. I always do that. When they put the poll in the wrong spot, I always hit the wrong entry. Yeah, like you're trying to hit next and then you hit no or something. Yeah. Then you feel like a jerk. Yeah. But anyways, um, if... There are some new listeners. I'm Stephanie. I am the American podcast host. <laughs> and during the day on Instagram, it's usually me posting. And then Olivia, our resident Australian, she <laughs> takes over for the night shift. Sometimes we overlap in like the evening, like the U.S. Eastern Standard Time evening. But just so you know who you're talking to sometimes. Yeah. It's been chaos. Like, <sighs> Like legit chaos. I feel like we need a holiday or a vacation or something. I'm so tired. <laughs> it's just been crazy, crazy. It has slowed down a little bit, which is, I think, good timing for us to do this episode, but it has definitely been crazy. Yeah. I think when they find Brian, hopefully soon, I think it's just going to explode again. So Hopefully soon. And I, every day when I wake up and I look at all my messages, I think, gosh, surely it's going to be found. I'm big, I always wait for a text from you because you usually text me <laughs> so I don't miss it if there's something big and there's there hasn't been one yet. So hopefully soon. If I do the same thing when I wake up in the morning, um, especially <laughs> if I went to bed like a little earlier. I'm like, oh my God, I do have a text from Olivia. Did they find him? Because <laughs> we'll always text each other with the bigger cases because, you know, one of us is sleeping while the other one of us is awake for like half the day. Yeah, you got to start so. your day with the big news. <laughs> But yeah, so it's been crazy. I think I have carpal tunnel from the amount I've been posting. Um, right now we're at about 400 story slides about Gabby since last Monday, so a week and two days ago. Um, we're not going to spend too much time on the intro. I don't think there's anything else we want to say, really, just because I think this episode is going to be a little long. So um, It's a bit of a special edition, so we'll just break our usual format and go for it. Yeah, we're we're going to do like an emergency episode. I guess this is an emergency episode in a way because I'm hoping to get it out pretty quickly after recording, even though I will definitely suffer. But, you know, for you guys, I'll do it. Try my best and not mess up. <laughs> I've been practicing how to say Grand Teton. So oh. <laughs> I hope you guys are impressed because until this happened, you know, just another moment of me being an idiot. Um, all my life, I thought it was Grand Teton. <laughs> until i heard people saying it so you've learned something you know i learn how to pronounce a new word every time <laughs> all right well should we just get yep. right to it go for it all right so rehearse rehearse like i already <laughs> fucked up <laughs> okay 
So we first heard about this case probably around the same time a lot of you did, around September 12th, 13th was kind of when it started popping up on the internet. Um, information started coming out about a missing woman named Gabrielle Gabby Petito. We are going to cover her case. We're just going to try to stick to like the main factual storyline for the most part because there's so much information out there and so many rumors and gossip and chat we're just going to try to stick to mostly the main facts in mostly chronological order some things we're going to talk about like before they were released just like to make the story make sense but that's our plan and in the end um we'll probably talk about a few of the more popular rumors or like gossip that blew up things like that Gabby, she was 22 years old, and she left to go on a cross-country road trip with her fiancé, Brian Laundrie, in July of this year. They're traveling in a 2012 white Ford Transit van that they converted to have, you know, like a little bed in the back, like you see on those van life YouTube Instagram things. Um, So their social media accounts are still up, and they're filled with photos from their travels because Gabby wanted to well i guess the both of them but it was more gabby's idea wanted to be like a travel blogger post their van life living out of a van and they even had a website and a youtube account called nomadic static gabby Tito never goes outside <laughs> Hello, hello, and good morning. It is really nice and sunny today. It's only 10 o'clock in the morning, um, but it rained all afternoon yesterday. Me and Brian just got up and got ready, made the bed in the tent, set up. Um, I think our plan for today is to just hang out here in the tent. Um, Brian's stretching, doing some morning yoga. Looking to steal some of his granola. <laughs> All the chocolate it's so mounted. <laughs> it's a river of chocolate. <laughs> Be cautious. You can't keep chocolate in Utah. Not in July. <laughs> <laughs> or in a clear plastic container. Right, yeah. That is always in the sun. It's in the tent this morning, yeah, that's why. <laughs> Yeah, she's very beautiful. Like, it's very curated content, you know, lots of landscapes. It's very, mm-hmm. it's just a, a, a typical Instagram, all the beautiful things. Yeah. Yep. Want to be influencer life, but mm-hmm. lots of nice pics. Yeah. Um, some of the captions are more journal-esque, talking about their day. Some of them are just very short. Um, but you guys can check them out because they're still up. If they do get taken down, we do have a decent amount of screenshots posted on our blog. So in case of emergency, you can go there. Brian's also feature a lot of his art. His weird art, yeah. 
His username is Bizarre Design. Yeah. Some underscores, and hers is just Gabs Petito. Yeah. His bio says, "Take a hike every day. Bug bites are better than being brainwashed by the media." Yeah, he's (laughs) he's a dick. (laughs) Taking on van life with Gabs Petito. Yeah, he kind of seems like one of those save the environment people which isn't a bad thing but he seems very condescending about it and has some posts about kind of just like hating society as a whole kind of seems even without all of this happening he kind of seems like a douche yeah exactly a couple of traveled to kansas monument rocks colorado springs great sand dunes national park zion national park and bryce national park in utah canyonlands national park since the start of their trip So Gabby is originally from New York, like me, girl. and But she moved in with Brian and his parents in Northport, Florida, about two years ago after they got engaged. So regardless of the distance, Gabby still stayed very close with her family, who were still in New York. And while she was traveling, she still stayed in touch with them regularly, texting them, FaceTiming them, Snapchatting them, all that. So they pretty much were always kind of in touch with her. The last contact that they had with her... It's still a little confusing. It's kind of more narrowed down now, but basically sometime during the last week of August was when they last really heard from her. In a press release issued at the start of the case, Suffolk County Police, which is New York, um, they put out a statement and said, according to family, they were last in contact with her during the last week of August prior to the last communication. Petito is believed to have been in Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming, adding that anybody with information about her whereabouts should come forward gabby's mother named nicole schmidt she said that she last spoke to gabby on the phone on august 25th and received texts from her a few days later but she said she isn't sure if the texts were actually from gabby because they were a little weird so we'll we'll get into that part later gabby was last seen alive on august 24th when she checked out of a hotel in salt lake city with brian they allegedly stopped in grand teton national park on august 25th and their next stop was going to be Yellowstone National Park. Her family started to become worried around September 11th when they hadn't heard from her for a while. They said it wasn't too strange to be out of contact with her for a bit due to no Wi-Fi on the road or like bad service. So there was some short stretches where they wouldn't talk to her, but at this time it had been a while, and they decided to um, file a missing persons report on September 11th. So when the police and... Gabby's family started looking into our whereabouts a bit more. They discovered that Brian was actually back at his home in Florida, and he was back there with their white van, which was news to them because they were supposed to still be on their road trip. Um, Red flag number one. Gabby's mom spoke to the media again at that point, and she said, I can't say much, but she's no longer with the van. I don't want to say anything more than that, but for people looking for her, I want them to look for her now and not the van anymore. They released Gabby's physical info at the time so that people had something to look for. Gabby's about five foot five inches tall, 110 pounds, with blonde hair, blue eyes, and several tattoos. A tattoo on her forearm says, let it be. So that brings us to September 14th, which is three days after Gabby was reported missing. Police released a new statement on this date, and we learned that the FBI was now getting involved. The statement says the Northport Police Department is actively assisting in this case in conjunction with Suffolk County Police Department, where she was reported missing. We currently have no definitive information that a crime took place here in Northport. With that said, the circumstances are odd. 
A vehicle she was traveling in was located here in Northport, so we are actively gathering local details and any evidence to assist in finding needed answers. If you know anything about this case, please contact us at, and then gives the phone number. Um, it says the FBI Tampa field office is also looking into this situation. Tips can be sent by calling 1-800-CALL-FBI. The FBI now joining the investigation into the disappearance of Gabby Petito, a case that's getting international attention. Whatever you can do to make sure my daughter comes home, I'm asking for that help. I'm asking for help everyone at home. I'm asking for help from the parents of, uh, of Brian. Laundry has been named a person of interest in Petito's disappearance. He has not been charged, and police say he and his family are not cooperating. Well, we share the frustration with, with the world right now. So, you know, two people went on a trip, one person returned. And that person that returned isn't providing us any information. So police confirmed to the media that they took possession of the van from Brian. And they said, we had the vehicle. We took it away very late Saturday night into Sunday. Northport police spokesman Josh Taylor said, we take it, we process it for evidence, fingerprints, any evidentiary value that we think is possible. We are continuing to try to piece things together. The situation is obviously very fluid. He also confirmed that Brian has not talked with investigators yet at that time. He said, we have not talked with him. We would love to talk to him. He is under no obligation to talk to us, and he has not. And we don't even know yet if a crime happened. He also said police went to the home of Brian's parents, who did not want to make him available. What a surprise. <laughs> I know. Starts the theme of the whole story, doesn't it? This is just goes on. Yeah. Did not want to make him available <laughs> is the theme. So we also found out that Brian and his family had also already hired an attorney. I don't know exactly when they started talking to an attorney, but it seems very early on because by the time the news really broke around town and more people were getting interested in it he already had a lawyer so steven bertolino the attorney for the laundry family he released a statement on september 14th and he said this is understandably an extremely difficult time for both the petito family and the laundry family it's our understanding that a search has been organized for miss petito near in or near grand teton national park in wyoming on behalf of the Laundry family, it is our hope that the search for Miss Petito is successful and that Miss Petito is reunited with her family. On the advice of counsel, the Laundry family is remaining in the background at this juncture and will have no further comment. Joe Petito, who is Gabby's father, he sent a message to Gabby via the media. He said, Gabby, we just want you to come home. He said, call us. Let us know you're okay. Come home, please. Then the Petito family, through their attorney, um, released a statement in response to Brian's family and attorney statement. There's a little, little bit of like statement back and forth that goes on here. Seems to be the main way they've all been communicating is through these back and forth statements. Yeah. So their statement says, oh, and just side note, Gabby's parents are divorced. So Joe is her dad, Nicole is her mom, and then she also has a stepdad. So her mom's new married name is Schmidt. So that's why when they say like the Schmidt and Petito family but it's all her family. The Schmidt and Petito family are going through the worst moments of their lives. Their beautiful 22-year-old daughter is missing, and the one person that can help find Gabby refuses to help. 
Brian Laundrie was, was traveling with Gabby in Grand Teton, Yellowstone area. They were traveling together in Gabby's 2012 Ford Transit van. This is where we believe Gabby was last seen. Brian is refusing to tell Gabby's family where he last saw her. Brian is also refusing to explain why he left Gabby all alone and drove her van to Florida. These are critical questions that require immediate answers. The Schmidt and Petito family beg the Laundry family to not, quote, remain in the background, but to help find who Brian referred to as the love of his life. How does Brian stay in the background when he is the person that knows where Gabby is located? The Schmidt and Petito family implore Brian to come forward and at least tell us if we are looking in the right area. On September 15th, media reports started emerging about an incident between Gabby and Brian two weeks before she was last seen. Um, someone called the Utah Police Department to report a dispute they were having. Basically, at this time, we didn't know a lot, but there was um, a quote from the officers at the time. They said our officers did respond to an incident involving Brian Laundrie and Gabrielle Petito on 12 August 2021. However, neither Brian or Gabby were the reporting party. Officers conducted an investigation and determined that insufficient evidence existed to justify criminal charges. So that was really all we knew of that at that time. And we'll come back to that in a bit. So police issued another statement on September 15th. In this one, they officially said that Brian was a person of interest. In the statement, the first paragraph just says, like, who, what parties are searching. They're looking Northport, Florida, um, their police department. The, they're partnering with the FBI. And they're also working with the Suffolk County Police Department. And thank them for their assistance. Then the rest of the statement says... Several detectives are working around the clock to piece this complex and far-reaching situation together. Gabrielle's vehicle was recovered here in Northport at our home on September 11th, a home shared with her boyfriend, Brian Laundrie, and his parents. The vehicle was fully processed for evidence along with FBI agents Tuesday evening. As of now, Brian has not made himself available to be interviewed by investigators or has provided any helpful details. We know Brian returned here to Northport on September 1st, 10 days before her family reported her missing on September 11th. We have no information that a crime has occurred here in Northport. Brian Laundrie is a person of interest in this case. And then there's a quote here. As a father, I can imagine the pain and suffering Gabby's family is going through. We are pleading with anyone, including Brian, to share information with us on her whereabouts in the past few weeks. The lack of information from Brian is hindering this investigation. The answers will eventually come out. We will help find Gabby and we will help find anyone who may be involved in her disappearance, said the Northport Police Chief Todd Garrison. The FBI set up a national hotline to receive tips at 1-800-CALL-FBI. This is now our primary tip line. So far, we've received hundreds of tips which are being vetted through multiple agencies. If anyone has seen the van photograph and information which might be helpful, please let us know. So then they put that same out and they also released um, better pictures of the van, like the stickers on the back of it, what the van looked like. So hopefully that more people would recognize it. So still same day on September 15th, Gabby's Instagram went down momentarily and everyone kind of freaked out because, you know, this was just when the case was starting to get a lot of attention. People were looking at her Instagram. Suddenly it was gone. A lot of people were wondering if Brian had removed it, if maybe he had her phone or he had access to her Instagram. Maybe he took it down. But it turns out that Instagram accidentally removed it, and it was put back up the same day. I think that it was taken down because suddenly so, so many people were looking at her page, commenting on her page. She was getting so many followers all of a sudden, and I think it just kind of got automatically flagged as spam almost in a way, or that something shady was going on. Makes sense. Yeah, I remember with... Someone reminded me in the Instagram messages that when all the stuff happened with Madison Bell, she actually mentioned like her Instagram kind of 
broke because the same thing happened to her and that she was like having problems with Instagram because, you know, she wasn't actually missing. But <laughs> so she knew that <laughs> so, the one thing helpful we got from her. But yeah, Instagram admitted it was a mistake and they fixed it. So same day still, Fox 13, they obtained and released the incident report from what the incident that happened in Utah, where the police were called on them on August 12th. I'm not going to get too much into it now, just because we're going to go over more of what happened in a bit when we go over like the 911 call that eventually comes out and the body cam footage. Basically, what we learned this day is kind of just a rundown of what happened. It turned out to be some sort of domestic incident, but that they ended up saying it was more so a mental breakdown on Gabby's part and that she slapped Brian. So then everyone was like, oh, wow, like, is Gabby the aggressive one? Was it, you know, most people, most girls anyways, are like, eh, I'm still kind of suspicious. But, you know, some people took that and ran with it. Like, well, Gabby's the abuser and blah, blah, blah. Brian must be innocent. It was like a big, big to do. We have the whole thing on the blog if you want to read it, but it goes over all that. We also learned about one of the last texts that Gabby sent to her mom. She allegedly texted her mother and said, no service in Yosemite on August 30th. Nicole, Gabby's mother, she said in articles that she was skeptical that this text came from Gabby. The Petito family released a new statement where they again tried to plead to Brian to try to get him to talk says statement from Petito family lawyer Richard Stafford. Every day the search for Gabby continues. The Schmidt and Petito family becomes more desperate. They're frantically searching for answers and information in their daughter's disappearance while Brian sits in the comfort of his home. Brian claims he wants to sit in the background while we search for Gabby in the wilderness of the Grand Teton and Yellowstone National Parks. Brian left Gabby in the wilderness with grizzly bears and wolves while he sits in the comfort of his own home. In his home. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, how could you do this to Gabby? You selfishly remain silent while Gabby is all alone in the wilderness. Brian, your silence is reprehensible. We beg you to do the right thing and help us bring Gabby home. Brian, whatever happened in Wyoming happened. The only thing you can control is what you do now. Tell us where Gabby is. You tarnish your love for her with your silence. The search continues for 22-year-old Gabby Petito, who set out on a road trip with her boyfriend in early July and vanished without a trace. Gabby's father, Joe Petito, joins me now. Sir, thank you for joining us. I'm sorry to talk to you under these circumstances, and I'm hoping that you're going to get the news that you're searching for. Can you tell me the very latest right now with your family's search to find Gabby? Nothing new, to be honest with you, at the moment. Um, I mean, we have all the information that you guys have. I wish I had something more to more to say, but I just don't. Right now, we're uh, just pushing efforts up, trying to do what we can uh, with the information that we got, and uh, and and just start start shooting from there and and look where we can. The family issued a statement. I'm not exactly sure in your family issued a statement yesterday talking about how Brian's home in his house with his family. Yet Gabby's out there in the wilderness and you don't know what happened to her or where she is. So how do you begin even trying to piece this puzzle together? Yeah, it must be must be uh, really difficult for the laundry family to have uh, you know their son home while we're looking for hours. So, you know, I'm not too concerned with with how they're feeling, but. The way uh, the way we're doing it, it's it's heart wrenching. You know, we can't. I got nothing that you know. That, that's my only daughter. You know, and I I can't right now. I can't give her a hug. I know she needs it. And she needs help, and and she's nowhere to be found. I don't know. You know, where she would even begin. We just 
we're just doing what we can and it's just uh it's just difficult you know we she needs help and we get we got to get it to her um, the Northport police have named Brian as a person of interest. This is new since the last time you were on this program earlier this week. What do you make of all of these new details that have transpired in the last few days? It's a lot to process, you know. Um, it's not what you thought it was. But, I mean, August 12th, you know, uh, person of interest, all that. All, all that's, I, I, I get it, you know, from the legal, you know, uh, side of it. But from the family side of it, we don't have Gabby, you know, and as much as I, I want to care about that stuff, I want to care about finding my daughter first because that's my first objective. You know, if um, I, I don't care what happens to him right now, I, that can't be my primary focus. If he's going to sit in the comfort of his home, on, you know, and, and get home cooked meals while my daughter's out and, you know, God knows where, you know, I don't give two craps about him. I want to make sure that, you know, we get my daughter home first and then we'll start worrying about Brian. So there's been a lot of back and forth in this case between the two families. Like I said before, a lot of statements back and forth. So after their statement, the Laundries, through their attorney, issued another statement. So they said, Many people are wondering why Mr. Laundry would not make a statement or speak with law enforcement in the face of Ms. Petito's absence. In my experience, intimate partners are often the first person law enforcement focuses their attention on in cases like this. And the warning that, quote, any statement made will be used against you is true. Regardless of whether my client had anything to do with Ms. Petito's disappearance. As such, on the advice of counsel, Mr. Laundry is not speaking on this matter. I've been informed that the Northport, Florida police have named Ryan Laundry a person of interest in this matter. This formality has not really changed the circumstances of Mr. Laundry being in the focus and attention of law enforcement, and Mr. Laundry will continue to remain silent on the advice of counsel. Okay, so September 16th now, and this is when the body cam footage of the August 12th incident in Utah came out. So we're going to break chronological order here a little, just so we can kind of get the whole picture of what happened that day out of the way instead of having to go back and forth. We're going to go over the 911 call, which came out only on like the 20th, like a couple of days ago from when we were recording, and like four days after we got the body cam footage. It's all kind of like related and helps paint the bigger picture because then there's also, you'll see in the end that it wasn't handled as well as it could have been. Like, you'll just, we'll, we'll just go through it. <laughs> so we'll start with the 911 call. Grant County Sheriff's Office. Were you able to get a description of the intoxication? Hi, can you hear me, sir? Yeah, I can hear you. Hi, uh, I'm calling, I'm right on the corner of Main Street by Moonflower and... We're driving by, and I'd like to report a domestic dispute to Florida with a white van, Florida license plate, white land, gentleman, five six beard. They just drove off. They're going down Main Street. They made a uh, a right onto Main Street from Moonflower. Or what were they doing? Cooperative, but um, what do you say? What were they doing? Uh, we drove by, and the gentleman was slapping the girl. He was slapping her. Yes, and then we stopped. They ran up and down the sidewalk. He proceeded to hit her, hopped in the car, and they drove off. And so in the call, you can clearly hear the, the caller saying, we drove by them and the gentleman was slapping the girl. And the dispatcher's like, he was slapping her? And the caller said, yes. And then we stopped. They ran up and down the sidewalk. He proceeded to hit her and they hopped in the car and drove off. From the actual footage 
I'm going to put in some clips, but there's a lot of parts that are kind of hard to hear. Or there's parts where they're just repeating themselves and kind of rambling. So I'm not going to put in the whole thing, obviously. It's an hour long. The whole thing is on our blog. It's on YouTube. You can watch it. But I just want you guys to get um, like a picture of what's going on here and kind of how it seems like Brian manipulated the situation. Not all the police officers handled it so great, it seems, now in hindsight. It's going to start off with the main officer with the body cam. He approaches the vehicle and asks them what's going on. Gabby, you see her in the passenger side, and she's clearly been crying. Like, her face is red, is puffy, and she's still kind of crying. She immediately says that they were fighting all morning and that she was distracting him while he was driving. Because when they got pulled over, they swerved a little. So the officer can obviously tell she is distraught and takes her out of the car to speak with her privately, which I thought was a good move. So I'll put in the clip of that here. Do you want to place your vehicle in the park and go ahead and turn it off for me? Yeah, yeah, sure. No, park? Oh, it, it isn't parked yet. Sorry. Okay, turn off your engine. Go ahead and set your keys on the dash for me, all right? What's you guys' names? Gabby. I'm Brian. Gabby, Brian, okay. What's going on? How come you're crying? I'm just crying. We've just been fighting this morning. Some personal issues. It was a long day. We were camping yesterday and camping got supplies and stuff. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I hit the, the bump there. <laughs> I was distracting him from driving. I'm sorry. Can I get you to step out of the vehicle for me, man? Yeah. Just hang tight right there. Um, do you mind if I take your keys and just put them on your hood? You got it, buddy. I'm so Thank sorry. You. Oh, no, you're fine. Once he gets her out of the car, he pulls her to the side, and she starts talking about how she struggles with OCD and anxiety and how she started her blog and Brian doesn't believe in her and they've kind of been fighting about it. She is very clearly blaming herself and she said she gets frustrated easily because of her anxiety and it gets the best of her sometimes. She also mentions that Brian locked her out of the van and wouldn't let her back in the van until she calmed down. This all seems to have escalated very quickly, like for this to be under five minutes into kind of the whole encounter with the police, and she's basically spilling her whole life story. Yeah, she's very worked That's a up. lot. Yeah. Like, you could tell she's really upset. You want to tell me what's going on? Yeah, I don't know. It's just, some days, I, <laughs> I have really bad OCD, and okay. I just, I was just cleaning and straightening up the back of the end before, and I was apologizing to him and saying, I'm sorry that I'm so mean because sometimes I have OCD and sometimes I just get really frustrated. I'm not like mean towards him. I just like, I guess my vibe is like, I'm like in a bad mood. And I was just saying, I'm sorry if I'm in a bad mood. I've just been really stressed. I had so much work I was doing on my computer this morning. What do you do for a living? Um, well, I, I hate to forget an organic juice bar, but I just hit my job. Okay. I was a nutritionist. That's oh, what okay. that's my that's job. Cool. And I just um, quit my job to travel across the country and I'm trying to start a blog. And okay. just have a lot of stuff. So I've been building my website. So I've just been really stressed and he doesn't really believe that I could do any of it. So that's kind of been like a, I don't know, he's like down there. I don't know. We've just been fighting all morning and. <laughs> And he wouldn't let me in the car before. And Why I, wouldn't he let you in the car? Because you told me, OCD? He told me I needed to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm perfectly calm. I'm calm all the time. And he really stresses me out. And I just, I, this is a rough morning. Well, 
Why don't we do this? Why don't I sit you down in the back seat of my car? You're not in any trouble, okay? I'm not going to be putting handcuffs on you. You obviously don't have any weapons. I'm going to get you into the air conditioning, let you take a breath, relax a little bit, and then I'll come back and talk to you in a few minutes, okay? Okay. All righty. So then after that, the officer walks back over to the van where Brian is speaking with another officer. There's a few responding officers now. Um, immediately when the body cam officer walks back to the car, he like pops his head out the window and is like, you already talked to Gabby? Which might not have seemed weird at the time, but in hindsight, super weird. It was like he was nervous, kind of wanting to get a vibe for said. the situation. Yeah. yeah, it was weird. So he takes Brian out of the van then, asks him what's going on, and... Brian then repeatedly mentions how Gabby often gets worked up because of her OCD. He said he tries to distance himself from her when that happens. But besides that, they were really having a nice morning. Um, the officer, <laughs> he's such a douche. <laughs> the officer asked Brian's about, Brian about some marks on his arms and why he was driving erratically, and he blamed both on Gabby. He said that she grabbed the steering wheel and that she was like punching him in the arm with her phone and her rings and. But, you know, while he's saying it, he's like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's nothing. Like, you know, like trying to act like he's not making it a big deal. What's that? Yeah, I just spoke to her. So you want to do me a favor? Let's go ahead and get you to step out of the vehicle. All righty. So tell me what's going on. The shoes gets worked up sometimes, and I try and really distance myself from her, so like I, I lock the car and I walk away from her. What, what happened this morning is that she's trying to start up like her own little website blog and everything, so I give her time. And I, we, we really had a nice morning, if, and if anything, but um, she just got worked up because we were trying to get going and get our day going because we want to go um, play cards and play the center of the camera. Okay. You, you want to tell me about those scratches on your face? She had a cell phone in her hand, that's why I was pushing her away, because I... She, she wanted to, I locked the keys so I could walk away. I, I said, let's just take a breather and let's not you know, go anywhere. Let's just calm down for a minute because she's getting worked up. And then she had her phone and was trying to get the keys for so I got away. I was just trying to, I know I shouldn't push, but I was just trying to push her away to go, let's, let's just take a minute, step back and breathe. And you see, she got me with her phone. Can I see your hand? Oh, you got a mark right here. Oh, that's from a wire. That's from a wire? Yeah. You want to tell me about hitting that curb? Hitting the curb was her grabbing the wheel. She grabbed the wheel. Yeah. She said, I can't believe we're getting pulled over. And then she So then Brian is sitting on like the curb. I'm not going to include this part just because for the sake of it, but it's just an example of how he's kind of like putting on a show. Brian asks if he could sit in the shade because he's bald. He doesn't want to get sunburned. And he promises the officer that he'll still sit crisscross applesauce. <laughs> and one of the other officers, because at first they were like, um... And then Brian's like, oh, never mind, it's fine, I'll just stay here. And then one of the other officers is like, oh, I'll block you from the sun, and, like, stands in front of him to keep him in his shadow. And they Christ. all laugh and, like, fist bump about it, basically. And it's, like, a really <laughs> broy, like, Cringe. one of the boys moments. Mm. So you could tell, like, Brian is, again, putting on a show. Yeah. Just, like, being bros with the officers. From there, we go back to Gabby, and this part, it's kind of hard to hear because it's the other officer, not the same one that's protecting Brian from the sun. A different <laughs> officer is talking to Gabby, and Gabby's in the back of the car. And then body cam, 
officer, he's talking over the radio, so that's why it's kind of hard to hear what is being said by the other officer and Gabby. At this point, um, you can hear the other officer asking her why she hit Brian. And he's like, you slapped him first on the face. And you can see her talking, but you can't really hear what she's saying. She's just, like, nodding. Um, He asks Gabby if he hit her. And then she kind of starts crying more. And the officer asks where he hit her. And she makes, like, a grabbing motion over her mouth, like, kind of, like, squeezing her cheeks together. Um, And the officer asks again if he slapped her in the face. And she does the grabbing motion again to her face. So it kind of seems like she's saying, like, no, like, he didn't slap me, but he grabbed my face like this. Then the... That same officer that's talking to her, he asks why they were swerving and if they were drinking. And Gabby says they don't drink. And she said she hit his arm when she saw they were getting pulled over to kind of like get his attention. Like, So this officer that has been talking to Gabby, if you watch it, I feel like he's kind of a dick. He's just kind of like a jerk. I don't know. He, like, he's not doing anything wrong, really. But I just got the vibe that she kind of felt intimidated by him. And kind of like he was putting words in her mouth about the narrative that he assumed happened, which was that... You know, she was acting up, and she was being crazy, and she hit him, and she's very distraught, and she kind of was just seeming like she was agreeing with him. Like, even when she said they didn't drink, he said to the other officer, like, oh, well, they said they don't drink, kind of, like, making a joke out of it. Condescending, and he probably was kind of leading it to be the narrative that he wanted, which would mean less work for yeah. him, you know, less paperwork and less... Yeah, it definitely felt like he was kind of leading her in that she just... Yeah. For one, of course, like, she's trying to, like, take the blame for it so she doesn't get in trouble by Brian later. And she's obviously upset and distraught, and she's just kind of agreeing with what he's saying. But it does seem like he's trying to push, like, this narrative on her. And, yeah, like, be condescending, kind of, in a way. He, then the same cop, asks if Brian's usually patient with her, and she says, yes, but he gets frustrated with me a lot. But then the audio cuts out because of something they're saying on the radio had to be censored, so you can't really see, hear what she's saying. So when the audio comes back a couple seconds later, the same cop that I dislike is then explaining, like, mansplaining anxiety in relationships to Gabby, and he's talking about his toxic relationship with his ex-wife, and the whole thing is kind of weird, and she's, like, kind of laughing. But also shows that maybe he has a bias because he was talking about how him and his ex-wife yeah, like had a yeah. toxic relationship because of their mental health issues. So then main cop with the body cam, he comes back over to talk to Gabby. He asks if she like grabbed the steering wheel and she adamantly for once was like, no, I didn't grab the steering wheel. I didn't even touch it. And she said that she only hit Brian in the arm like quickly like to get his attention. I'll include parts of this, but... Brian, they go back to Brian, and he kind of rambles a lot now at this point. Um, the main cop goes back and asks Brian to tell him what happened from the beginning. Some points I took away from it is Brian, he definitely keeps kind of minimizing the entire situation. He keeps saying things like a little squabble, like we had a little squabble and our little disagreement this morning. And um, he told Gabby to have a little walk to cool down. Like He keeps saying things like that. To make it seem like it wasn't understanding as well. Yeah, like yeah. you know, our little squabble. I told her to go have a little walk. But we just had a little disagreement there, and this disagreement was just that she was getting a little worked up, and I was saying, "No, it's okay, thank you." So, so it, just, it was just more of a disagreement, and I just wanted to. What was the disagreement about? It was. It was. I wouldn't even call it disagreement. It was just that I, I'm dirty, and I can't change being dirty. Like I got dirty feet. I got sand in my flip flops and stuff like that. Um, 
It was every year at the poppy shop for so long because we were there from nine to three. So yeah, there's a few little little things, little just little mm-hmm. relationships. I don't know if you have a relationship with them. I've been married for over five years now. So. There's a lot of little things. Right? Yeah, I can do um, that. And we, I get we, it. Yeah, we really it was we weren't physical before the point where I said, all right, let's let's just take a breather and, and like walk away for a minute. I'll lock the van up and I'll go for a walk this way, and you can go walk that that way on the block. You know, because the moon. I was called Moonflower. Right, yeah. You know, nice areas. You can go either way. It's all shaded. So let's just go for a little walk and breathe or come back. It's pretty, yeah, we're happy with it. Um, he also tries to say that the frustration kind of came to a head because there's a lot of flies around there and they made Gabby frustrated and he got dirt in the van. But then again, makes a kind of joke like, but he's a messy guy and he can't help it. He can't help getting dirt in the van because he doesn't wear shoes. So then he's kind of explaining about what happened where they actually start fighting, where people probably start taking notice. He kind of tries to, like, get ahead of it in a way and tries to say people probably heard because he got loud. And he says that he got loud because he was telling her to walk away and she wasn't doing it. And so he was trying to be like, look, I'm being loud and people are looking at us now. Like, you better walk away. Like, you're being embarrassing, kind of, to try to get her to leave. So he said that that's probably what got people to start paying attention to them. Um, she was trying to take the keys from him. Personally, I think that she, it seems like she was scared that he was going to leave her. He told officers he was backing away while she was trying to grab the keys. And he kind of like does this motion with his hands. Like, you know, if you're backing away with your hands in the air, like very victim-like. Like yeah. I was just backing away. Like I was just trying to get away from her and she kept lunging at me. Um, He keeps bringing up that he was trying to de-escalate the situation by putting space between them. And that's why he kind of like pushed her a little bit just to get her to back off. Um, Cops ask about the marks on him. He has some marks on his arms and shoulder and stuff. Um, And he says that Gabby was swinging at him with rings and wearing rings and with her phone in her hand. After all that... Brian turns on the charm again, and he says, I'm fine, and I love Gabby. I hope she doesn't have too many complaints about me. Okay, I'm fine, and I love Gabby. I, I hope she doesn't have too many complaints about me. <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, I, I feel bad, and I think it's so public. I was just trying to be loud. Overall, the whole time, Brian's just, like, putting on a show, acting like he's this chill, mature hero for dealing with Gabby, who's mentally unwell, crazy. yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like he's he's the martyr for dealing with her. There's also a gross moment which I didn't realize until I watched it back again. It's like you can't really hear it, but when you do, you're like, "What the fuck?" So there's a moment where police ask Brian if he's on any medications. He says something that's censored out. Then for some reason they ask him if they, he knows if Gabby's on any medications. Which like, go fucking ask her. He says, well, yeah, she's crazy. And then they, like, all laugh and basically, like, fist bump again. And they're like, oh, like, Gabby's crazy shit. But then mm-hmm. he says that he's joking. He's like, I'm, he's like, no, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm not sure. Not that I know of. But that was, like, not a good look. There's mm-hmm. um, a Facebook post that's going around that's really good that we'll put in our blog or in our Instagram stories or whatever. But I took out, it's about domestic violence kind of in police intervention and signs to look for. I took out some parts of that to read here because she also mentions that um, the she's crazy thing and is more well-spoken than I am. So her name is Julie Perkins Cantrell, and she said, 
If we listen carefully to Laundrie's conversation with the officers, he even laughs and says, she's crazy, then dismisses it as a joke. Of course, he's already put this claim in the officers' minds. And by the nonchalant way he says it, many might assume it's not the first time he said these words. So all viewers and officers start wondering if perhaps the target is crazy, the abuser plays the part of the poor patient partner who has to deal with this irrational person. In the video, Laundrie mentions Petita's anxiety and her OCD, painting her as an unstable partner. A typical abuser would be skilled at convincing people that he's innocent, while in fact he's been acting very differently behind closed doors, pushing his target to this point intentionally and feeding on her emotional break. Many abusers love to see evidence that they've hurt their target. They love to see their target in pain. For this reason, breaking the target is usually the goal from the start. In cases of abuse, it may take an abuser hours, weeks, months, or even years to break the target. But he won't stop until he gets that reaction. And then he'll point a finger and say, See, she's crazy. I'm just trying to keep her calm. And then he'll do it again and again and again. Like a very public form of gaslighting just... Yeah, Terrible. it's like exactly what he was doing, just putting on the nice yeah. guy charm, being very apologetic, very polite, like he's the hero somehow. And like, I just feel so bad for Gabby, like when she's talking about like her blog and how like he doesn't believe in her because, you know, like even just like having our podcast and like our Facebook group, I've been doing it for years. Like I know what it's like to like want to do something and like have people make you feel like you're wasting your time or that, like what you're doing is stupid and feeling insecure about it because people are just kind of like mean to you about it just made me really sad and even um being in such close proximity all the time to him like in that tiny little van she's obviously trying her hardest to make all this work and then he is just being a dick about it essentially to these officers yeah another reason i felt bad for her is because this whole time she's the only girl there like she's surrounded by all these like men cops they're all broing out with brian and she is clearly distraught. And I felt bad because there was, like, no women there, really. In the end, I did see there was, a like, a park ranger who came over, which made me feel better. But this was after they kind of already, like, seemingly pushed this narrative on Gabby to take the fall and be considered the abuser somehow. I found an article with the female park ranger because she obviously feels very sad about it now. But this is part of the article where they interviewed her. Her name is Melissa Holes, and it says she arrived to find the couple pulled over by a Moab police officer inside the park. Knowing that in domestic violence situations, the female usually feels more comfortable talking with another female, she focused on Gabby. Um, She said, I was probably more candid with her than I should have been. I was imploring her to reevaluate the relationship, asking her if she was happy in the relationship with him, and basically saying this was an opportunity for her to find another path to make a change in her life. She had a lot of anxiety about being away from him. I honestly thought if anything was going to change, it would be after they got home to Florida. I haven't looked at my body camera footage from that night. It's hard to think about now because I feel like I could have said more to her. It's hard not to second guess myself. And I wish I said more or wish I found the right words to make her believe that she deserved more. It must be hard for all the officers, even though I was saying, you know, some of them were kind of seemed like jerks in a way. Like looking back on it, it must be hard for them to not blame themselves in some way. And I'm not like talking it down or anything like that, but it it was a relatively minor dispute in the scheme of things. Like I'm sure of the things that they see in terms of domestic violence, like actual beatings and yeah. you know, things like that. This wasn't that. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed, you know, on the surface, just like a minor disagreement or a fight or whatever. So, you know, I, yeah, I do agree that they would probably feel terrible now after everything that's happened. And the reason I wanted to play the 911 call before this even though it didn't come out till later, 
is because the guy in the 911 call clearly said he saw her slapping her multiple times and like continued to slap her. But the police wrote in the incident report that no one had mentioned that he had hit her. So a lot of people are saying that it seems like there's there was some sort of miscommunication. And for one, the dispatcher was, I should have said this after we played the call, um, the dispatcher sucked, kind of seemed uninterested. So I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't communicated correctly to them. Like, it's kind of like the stars aligned to like not work in Gabby's favor. Yeah. This came out today. It's an incident report from one of the witnesses who, I don't know if it's the person who called 911 because there was two witnesses. I don't know if they both called 911, but I just know that two people were involved. And people were asking one of the reporters who's been covering this on Twitter, Brian Enton, if the person who wrote this report is the person who called because both accounts seem a little different. But he said that there's basically no way to confirm it because the call and the incident report are from like two different departments and they're redacted and there's just like no easy way to tell. So this could be the 911 caller or it could be the other witness. I feel like it's the other witness. But so in the written incident report that this person filled out, it says, At approximately 4.30 p.m., I arrived at Moonflower. While standing on the south side of the street, I observed a man and woman appear to have some sort of dispute. They were talking aggressively at each other, and something seemed off. At one point, they were sort of fighting over a phone. I think the male took the female's phone. It appeared that he didn't want her in the van. He got into the driver's seat, and she followed him. At one point, she was punching him in the arm because she was trying to get in the van. She eventually climbed in and over him and over to the passenger seat. I heard her say, why do you have to be so mean? I wasn't sure how serious this was. It was hard to tell if they were play fighting. But from my point of view, something didn't seem right. It was as if the guy was trying to leave her and maybe take her phone. Not sure, but wanted to help out. I noticed another person had called this in, and as I left the store, I noticed a police officer and gave him my contact info. So it does seem like he was kind of trying to lock her out of the van. She was for some like scared of being left and take her phone so she'd be left with no phone in like the middle of nowhere. It's a shame that didn't happen now that we know what did happen. True. So basically, in the end, Gabby was almost arrested for domestic violence by the officers after Brian's account and Gabby kind of falling on the sword for it. But Brian and Gabby both said they loved each other so much that they didn't want to press charges. So police separated the two of them for that night, put Brian in a hotel, and left Gabby in the van. And then the two obviously met up the next day. And that was that. Gosh, it's such a saga, isn't it? So for such a sh- like a short-running case time-wise, there's just so much information. When the body cam footage first came out, and just kind of the way it was spun and the way the officer... Because we didn't know when we got the body camera footage that he had hit her because... The 911 call didn't come out yet, and the incident reports didn't come out yet, and the police incident report said that, like, they weren't aware of him hitting her. So at the time, it was easy for people to be like, oh, wow, Gabby is really having a tough time and seems like her anxiety and OCD is really getting to her. So you start wondering other things that could have happened besides Brian killing her. But then once that stuff came out, you're just like, holy shit, like, how... How was this the 911 call about him slapping her multiple Mm. times? And then that, like, wasn't even brought up. So it's just, it, it's been a lot of ups and downs. <laughs> I know, crazy. Yeah, so since I just talked a lot, now 
Olivia's going to finish the job. One thing I'll just quickly add in before I start my part is that sometimes I feel like we've been laughing or, you know, like making a joke or something. We're not absolutely not joking about the situation. And we know it's a super serious and terrible and horrific situation. But some of the things in relation to this case are stupid. Like Brian is a bit stupid sometimes, you know. So we, it's those things that we are maybe making a little bit light of. It's absolutely not the situation. So Speaking of, we've, I forgot to say, along with him saying, like, us at crisscross applesauce out of the sun, <laughs> they also offered him water that was in a plastic water bottle. And he was like, he was like no, 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 I, I don't drink out of plastic bottles. It's like, oh fine then. God. I hope that you dehydrate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's he's that type of person where it's like, really, dude, you could just be like, oh, no, thanks. I'm fine. That's a good example of the things that we might have laughed at. So, you know, don't come at us and say we're being disrespectful because we are absolutely not. It's just some of these things are ridiculous, which is why yeah, we bring them up. All right. So we've been going for about an hour. So I thought at this point in the episode, it may be good just to do a bit of a quick recap <laughs> of the things that we know so far, just because your brain might be exploding. So back on July 2, Gabby and Brian left um, in their van for the cross-country road trip. They both posted a bunch on their Instagram pages. August 12 was the incident that Stephanie just spoke about where the police responded to kind of a domestic violence call. No charges were filed. August 19, Gabby posted a YouTube video beginning our van life journey, which documented the initial stages of their road trip. August 21, Gabby's father and stepmother spoke with Gabby for the last time on a FaceTime call with her while she was in Utah. August 25, Gabby posted on her Instagram for the last time. It was a photo of her holding a little pumpkin and it said, Happy Halloween. August 30, Gabby's mother receives these alleged final communications from Gabby's phone um, and the family believes that Gabby was in the Grand Teton National Park at that time. And then we are at September 1 where Brian goes back to Northport alone. September 11 is when Gabby's reported missing, and that's the same day they found the van at Brian's house. September 13, the local authorities and the FBI released the information to the public, and then it just goes on a bit more about the investigation. So, you know, that's kind of where we are as of this point in this episode. After that, we learned Gabby and Brian were in Moab. There was a lot of talk online about if they could possibly, their, you know, Gabby's disappearance could be related to the case of two murdered women in Utah. I think it's Kylan Schultz and Crystal Turner were found murdered five days after they were last seen at Woody's Bar in Moab, Utah on August 13. They were camping in that area. Moab is obviously the same area that Gabby and Brian had had the visit from police on the 12th. The two women were found murdered one day after Gabby and Brian's incident with police. Um, and the fact that Gabby and Brian were also seen at Kylan's place of work, which was the Moonlight Co-op. Before Kylan and Crystal disappeared, they told a friend about a, quote, creepy guy who was bothering them and they were considering moving their campsite away from him. Kylan also joked that if something happened to them, they were murdered. So the girls' bodies were found on August 18. They were found partially undressed with multiple gunshot wounds. So we'll jump ahead a little bit here because, you know, there was a lot of talk and it did seem plausible how, what are the odds of these, you know, Gabby and Brian being in the same place as these two murdered women and for it not to be related? On August, uh, sorry, September 17, police, police issued a statement and basically said that the two cases are not related. There was also, weirdly, another random statement that was released and it was turned out to be a forgery. The forgery said that the cases may be related and the police were retracting their initial statement, which wasn't true. It's just there's so many weird little side pieces 
like that to this case. So if you have seen that online, the retraction isn't true. The police have still said that the cases are not connected. This is just like a perfect example of cases where people are just like doing the fucking most. Like there's so many trolls. (laughs) There's so many people putting out fake information. So many crazy, ridiculous theories. It's the type of people that give regular crime calls. Like not crime fans. Like I'm not a fan of crime. But like regular people who are interested in crime a bad name and then we get lumped in with all the crazy people and we talked about in our, in our little chat as well about like imagine what the police are dealing with in this oh, case even God. the messages that we get there's just random messages that about things like maybe it's connected to this or have you noticed this and it like these things are sometimes ridiculous obviously sometimes helpful but also sometimes ridiculous so just think gosh imagine trying to wade through all this information yeah as a police officer trying to find gabby yeah sometimes it hurts the investigation more like i remember with delphi it was the same thing and they said don't just like send us in your theories we just need (laughs) facts we don't want to know that someone you saw in 1999 might be the you know yeah we don't want to know that a dream you had and a bad feeling you got at the grocery (laughs) store when you walked by a guy who looks kind of like the suspect it's ridiculous all right so back to september 16 so we jumped ahead a little bit just for that statement but back to september 16 the petito family um issued another statement to the laundry family through their attorney that says christopher and roberta laundry we are writing this letter to ask you to help find our beautiful daughter we understand you are going through a difficult time and your instinct to protect your son is strong we ask you to put yourselves in our shoes we haven't been able to sleep or eat and our lives are falling apart we believe you know the location where brian left gabby we beg you to tell us As a parent, how could you let us go through this pain and not help us? As a parent, how could you put Gabby's younger brothers and sisters through this? Gabby lived with you for over a year. She was going to be your daughter-in-law. How can you keep her location hidden? You were both at Jim and Nicole's house. You were both so happy that Brian and Gabby got engaged and were planning to spend their lives together. Please, if you or your family has any decency left, please tell us where Gabby is located. Tell us if we are even looking in the right place. All we want is Gabby to come home. Please help us make that happen. So you can kind of tell the desperation of this family because essentially where do you even start looking at this point? I know, it's crazy. They could be anywhere. They would travel so many miles that, you know, how would you even know where to begin? If I was her family, I would want to strangle Brian and his family. So we're at September 17 now, um, which was Friday. There are some media articles released about the case, nothing really groundbreaking, just the usual kind of chit-chat. Police confirmed that they'd spoken with Brian's sister, but there was nothing really of note that had come come of that conversation. Um, They also organised a vigil for Gabby that night in Northport, and the police released a super helpful missing persons report to the public. And basically the whole thing is redacted. All it is is the header for the police department and then it's all black redacted. So you can't read anything. I don't know what the point of that was, I guess, just to stop people asking for it. Yeah. So September 17, now the next day, police went to the laundry home. They were seen coming and going with brown evidence bags. And we kept seeing statements that Brian was still not co- cooperating with the police. The police chief was there and he told them that Brian was not in the family's home and police do not know where he is. He could be anywhere. To be clear, though, he did not say the police were looking for him. So I think we'd always kind of assumed at this stage that Brian was there. He just wasn't cooperating with the police. The family weren't letting him speak to the police. We also left out the day before 
when the police had like a little press conference or something, the officer for Northport police very confidently said that they know where Brian is the day before this, because I'm assuming they just thought he was at home. It was never, ever on the table that Brian might not be in the house. Yeah. Essentially. It was never considered. And then so (laughs) 24 hours later, they're like, actually, we don't know. We kind of lost him. So we finally learned after this kind of police search that the police had no idea where Brian was and that his family had not seen him since Tuesday. So this is Friday. So this is days and days and days. It's not hours. It's days and days and days. Mm-hmm. There's a quote from Jody Goldberg, who I think is a reporter. It says, just spoke to the laundry attorney and Brian Laundry's whereabouts are unknown at this time. The FBI is currently at the laundry residence removing property to assist in locating Brian. As of now, the FBI is now looking for both Gabby and Brian. Mm-hmm. This is where it all kind of starts to get even messier. It's just a big, big old mess right about now. Yeah, because now we have two searches, two different states. No idea where they, still no idea really where they should be searching for Gabby. You know, a general idea, but no real specific locations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, there's also a really good timeline that we found on Reddit, which kind of points to the fact that Brian was alone at the end and that Gabby may no longer be alive We've spoken about a lot of the timelines before, but basically Gabby texted her mum and Snapchats to friend on the August 27th, said that she was heading to Yellowstone. On August 29, Gabby's friend said they planned to f- speak on the phone about meeting up in Yellowstone, but Gabby never answered the phone. On August 29, Brian asks a couple in Coulter Bay Village in Grand Teton for a ride to Jackson. He offers to give them $200. He says that Gabby is in the van working on their social media and that he had just spent a couple of days camping in the middle of nowhere. Um, she says that for someone who was camping for a few days, Brian didn't look or smell dirty. Five minutes into the drive, once Brian realizes they are heading south, he, he freaks out and quickly gets out of the car. And he tells them, okay, you know what? I'm just going to find someone else to hitchhike. <laughs> so it's this whole kind of weird story. It says that basically he didn't have a full backpack, or he said all he had was a tarp to sleep on. That all came out, the girl... Um went on TikTok and was talking about it. Yeah. So August 29, this is unverified, but there's also a witness who said that Brian was alone in the van, so now he's back in the van, pulled in at the gas station in Jackson. He was in a bad mood, cursing at himself while throwing garbage and then throwing garbage away and driving away. Gabby's apparently texted her mum on August 30 about the no service in Yosemite. Um, August 31, this is also unverified, but it uh, said someone's sister works at a gas station in Benton, Illinois, and said that the FBI were asking for video evidence from there. It's apparently the last place where Gabby's credit card was used, and it was also used at two different branches of the same gas station in the town. Brian arrives home on September 1 in Florida in the van without Gabby. This is a random kind of fact. He, there's a lot of talk in this case about Brian's Spotify playlists. He downloads and listens to one last song about a decomposing corpse, The Badger's Wake. So you know what's weird about the Spotify? I'm assuming maybe they shared it or something, especially on like a road trip. But you know how sometimes if you go to something on like an app or a website, it kind of like loads an older version of itself first before like updating? Yeah. When I clicked, because I wanted to see this when everyone was talking about it, about the Spotify playlist the other day. So when like I searched, I couldn't find the username. So I searched the playlist name because it was a weird name. It was like self-consumption or something. So I found the playlist and I clicked it. And when it was loading, it said the username was Gab's Petito, like her Instagram handle. Once it finished loading, it showed the display name, I'm guessing, which was the nomadic static. What's interesting is clearly it really was Gabby's account yeah. that he's using. 
So the timeline kind of goes on. It says September 10, Gabby's mum says that Brian and his family ignored her calls and texts asking where Gabby was. And then on September 17, there was an unverified spotting, I guess, or, you know, sighting of Brian walking in the woods behind his home before the police arrived. He was seen with headphones in, dark shave, dark shades, shaved facial hair, fully shaved head, dark shirt and sweatpants. There's a neighbor, it says, he took off on foot when people started showing up. A friend of mine is a neighbor of the parents and got a kid on live feed showing pictures of him walking down the street with sunglasses and headphones. So again, that's an unverified, but sounds like it could be him. There's pictures. Looks like him, but some people are saying it's not. So if you want to see the pictures, they're on our blog or Instagram. One kind of point of contention in those pictures is that he had corded headphones on and we believe he had airpods so people were saying maybe he took the corded ones um because he wouldn't have anywhere to charge the airpods wherever he was planning to go mm-hmm. so we also learned that the brown paper evidence bag that the police had been seen removing from the laundry home they contained items belonging to brian these were used by the police and i guess sniffer dogs to try and find him in the twenty-five thousand acre carlton reserve so we learned that Brian took his vehicle there on the Tuesday and that somehow the vehicle made its way back to the laundry house on the Thursday. So that's a weird... On the Friday when they were at the house, the car was there and they were looking through the car. It's a silver Mustang. They were taking stuff out of the car. And I'm pre- like reporters said that day, like reporters that were at the house, that Brian's parents told the police officers that he left on foot. And then, of course, now it's suddenly, well, no, he left in the car. And yeah. now the car's back at the house. So it's like, again, they're lying and just wasting time. Just say, And I can't, yeah, anyway, <laughs> I was just going to say, I can't believe they're still getting away with this, but they are. So anyway. Mm. Um, police also said at this time that they didn't think Gabby was with Brian and that they didn't believe anyone else was in danger, which is weird. You know, that's another thing. <laughs> like, Thanks. no threat to the public. Thanks for letting us know. And the thing, it always blows, we've spoken about this before, it always blows my mind that they said that without even knowing what had happened to Gabby at this stage because how do they know? Like, he could be a psycho serial killer. Yeah. For all anyone knows. Anyway, they also kind of started tracking Gabby and Brian's phone. They said that they couldn't live track them, but they got access to kind of all their GPS and past data so they could see where the phones had been. So then things started to kind of happen, thankfully, for Gabby's family. It was September 19 and the FBI announced that they were searching the Grand Teton National Park for clues in this case. There was randomly, which I feel like this was actually probably a pretty big break in this case. So there were some travel bloggers called Red, White and Bethoon, and they posted that they believed they'd seen Gabby and Brian's van while traveling through the Grand Teton National Park on August 27. They posted the footage online everywhere. (laughs) <laughs> and shared it with authorities. So you can just see they're driving along a road. I think they said that they were going to camp somewhere and there was no space. So they turned around and went somewhere else. But you can see Gabby and Brian's van and there's been a lot of analysis and investigation into the footage of the van. And I do think that you can see the door van door shut as this dash cam, you know, as this these bloggers drive up to it. What do you think about that? I'm always the first one to not believe any of that. I think that the Delphi case in any big case has tainted me of people sending me pictures of things extremely zoomed in or with like a different resolution or like a different filter being like, doesn't this blur look like a person in the shadows? And I'm like, no, (laughs) it's just like weird pixels or a tree. So I'm always the first one to not believe any of this, but someone on Twitter like enhanced it and slowed it down and zoomed it in. And it definitely does look like the door is closing as they're approaching. 
Yeah. Looks like it's just kind of open, uh, not the whole way, but it's open. So I guess that kind of tells you that there might have been someone in the van at that time. Yeah. It looks like someone got into the back of it and then there was um, a pair of sandals on the ground behind it, which, yeah. I mean, they kind of, they could look like brides or Gabby's. So hard to say, but. There's also some talk online about if you can see someone to in the kind of field, I don't know if that's the right terminology, but in the area near the van, there's people say you can see someone there and speculated that it might have been Brian because that was, which I'm getting ahead of myself, but we'll find out why soon. But I, I that's, I'm not 100% sure on that. No, that's I feel the, like that I like maybe. don't believe that. Like I see that there's something there, but I don't know. It just could just be a rock or it could be, you know. Yeah, I'm just not feeling Tree branch or something. Yeah. Anyway, so police also on this day posted more about the search for Brian. They said there's a tweet. It says the search for Brian Laundry continues Sunday morning in the Carlton Reserve. A team of more than 50 looking for anything of note. And this is interesting. After his parents say this is where he went. Mm -hmm. We continue to corroborate all information in the search for him and Gabby. So we learned that Brian's family were the ones who moved his car from the, the reserve to the family home. Their story was that Brian apparently drove the car there on the Tuesday. They must have, I don't, I still don't really understand how they know where the car went. Maybe because they knew where to go and look for it, apparently. Brian drove it there Tuesday. Somehow the family knew where it would be. They went to look at it on Wednesday and they found a note from law enforcement or like a parking inspector or someone saying that it would be towed if it wasn't moved. And then when they assumed Brian would drive it back himself and when he didn't by Thursday, they went and picked up the car and brought it back. Mm-hmm. That's just a whole weird side note. I have lots of questions about that. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole thing's suspicious. They lied to police twice now, because first they said he left on foot when he really left by the car. Then on the Friday, they were there and the car was there. They still didn't tell the police that they went and picked up the car. So it just, it just kind of, this all just kind of came out after, you know, yeah, when, when it suited them. Yeah, and, oh, and they were also saying that they... They were worried. Now they're saying that they're worried that Brian might have hurt himself, which doesn't add up because then it's like he went to the reserve to hurt himself with the car. And then what told you guys like, hey, I'm just like going to go kill myself in the reserve. Can you guys pick up the car in like a day? Thanks. Mm. It's just like That's doesn't so make sense. So after this, then we got the news that nobody wanted. Gabby's remains had been found in the Grand Teton National Park. Um, when it's, When the news started to break, they didn't obviously say it was Gabby, but you kind of knew. It said the Teton County Wyoming coroner just confirmed to be a body found in the Teton National Park. He says they do not know the identity or the gender yet. Says it's in a very remote area. So thankfully it was only about an hour in between this kind of breaking news that they held a press conference. Um, they didn't say much. It was a very emotional press conference. The FBI agent was in tears. First and foremost, on behalf of the FBI personnel and our partners, I would like to extend sincere and heartfelt condolences to Gabby's family. Joe and Tara Petito and Jim and Nicole Schmidt. As every parent can imagine, this is an incredibly difficult time for the family and friends. Our thoughts and prayers are with them. We ask that you all respect the privacy as they mourn the loss of their daughter. As you are aware, FBI personnel, in coordination with our partners at National Park Service, the Forest Service, Teton County Sheriff's Office, and Jackson Police Department, have been conducting an investigative activity in the vicinity of the Spread Creek 
um, dispersed camping area. Earlier today, human remains were discovered, consistent with the description of Gabrielle Gabby Petito. Full forensic identification has not been completed to confirm 100% that we found Gabby, but her family has been notified of this discovery. The cause of death has not been determined at this time. We appreciate your continued support and patience as we work through this process. So basically the only updates are that um, the body did belong, hadn't, hadn't been formally identified, but they believe the body belonged to Gabby. There was no cause of de death confirmed yet. It was an ongoing investigation and that the police wanted to speak to anyone who'd been in contact with Gabby or Brian um, and that they said an autopsy would be conducted on Tuesday the 21st. So that was, I think, two days after the body was found. It was also the weirdest press conference I've ever seen. I just need to like <laughs> make this known. <laughs> They started right off with, I want to give condolences to Gabby's family. And we're all like, what? <laughs> like, no, like just went right in. Nothing had even been confirmed yet. They're no. offering. Do appreciate it that they didn't keep us waiting. You know, usually there'll be a press conference at 10 p.m. It was pretty, pretty quick. At least we knew straight away. Pretty straight away anyway. It was very sad, though. I had a, a tear in my eye when I heard it. Mm. Very sad news. Um, the FBI released a statement after the press conference. It's, and I won't read it all. That's all on the blog, but these are kind of the main points from it. It said, today the search revealed human remains consistent with the description of Gabby Petito. Full forensic identification has not been completed. We do not know the cause of death. We appreciate your patience. And then it offers condolences to her family. Um, it speaks about where they found her. It said the vicinity around the Spread Creek dispersed camping area remains closed to the public until further notice. This is an active and ongoing investigation, so we ask the public to maintain distance from, you know, everyone there. And basically then it just asks for any tips or information to be submitted to them. Uh -huh. So I guess, you know, it's a sad end, one that wasn't totally unexpected and at least it didn't drag on forever that they got some type of yeah. answer as to where Gabby was. Her dad put out a beautiful photo of Gabby. It's her up against an angel wings mural. He just did a broken heart, hashtag Gabby Petito, and he wrote, she touched the world. So it was very, even though the police had said it wasn't confirmed, the dad confirmed it pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, what are the chances it's not her? Yeah, I'm assuming there was, you know, ways that she could be easily identified as well. So Tattoos. Anyway, so we're now at Monday, September 20. Police announced that they wouldn't be searching the reserve for Brian again today as they had exhausted all options or now. The FBI showed up at the laundry's house. They put up some crime scene tape and began bringing equipment inside. They kicked out his parents. We got excited. We thought, this is it. This is happening now. I was like, they're arresting you know, them. People are getting arrested. What's happening? But then they went back into the house. <laughs> So there's some tweets from the site. It says boxes and boxes of, of evidence going into the FBI van um, and they organize, uh, sorry, executed a court-authorised search warrant at the laundry house that day and the police did tell kind of the public to get off the scene because it's a crime scene. So there's the search warrant is online. It's nine pages. We'll put the whole thing on the blog. We won't obviously read it because we'll be here for three days, but... Um, you can read it online. They've basically given authority to search every every word related to computers, hard drives, disk drives, computer-related operation equipment, email storage, digital photos, external hard drives, any digital documents such as notes, passwords, encryptions. This includes all data files, password-protected files, images, texts, internet browsing history. And then these are some highlights from the probable cause section. 
It says the timeline written by detectives for the search warrant covers a series of messages between Petito and her family, including odd messages to her mother received on August 27. There was also a report that the van was detected by a license plate reader on the Sumter Boulevard exit of I-75. The timeline states that a white Ford Transit bearing Florida tag QFT G03 entered the city of Northport on September 1 at 10.26 a.m. Gabby's cell phone was turned off for about 15 days and was last on or around August 31 or September 1. Gabby had not been seen since August 27. Um, according to the search warrant timeline, Nicole received a text from her on August, from Gabby on August 27 that read, Can you help Stan? I just keep getting his voicemails. I'm assuming <laughs> that's just like an, an, a legit typo and missed calls. Stan is reportedly Petito's grandfather. According to Schmidt, Petito never calls him Stan and this stra- strange message made her concerned that something was wrong with her daughter. That was now that we know the last message, not the one about the Yosemite no service. This seems to be the last message that Nicole got from Gabby. Inside the vehicle, which we think is probably the van, um, crime scene technicians found the external hard drive at the center of the September 15 search warrant. Police believe the storage device might have viable digital forensic data on it that can help them with their investigation. So the 911 call that we spoke about earlier about the August 12 kind of dispute was also finally released now. So this is what we mean by things kind of jumped around. But it just, you know, there's a few articles about it. It said the caller claimed to have witnessed violence. When the operator asks point blank what he saw them doing, the guy doesn't hesitate. He says he saw the man slapping and hitting the female, then both of them running up and down the sidewalk and finally jumping into the van and driving off. On Tuesday, September 21, They did conduct an autopsy on Gabby's remains. We didn't learn too much else except that her cause of death was confirmed to be a homicide. So it wasn't an accident, wasn't a suicide. It was definitely a homicide, which, you know, basically means it was caused by somebody else. And technically they confirmed that it was her. Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Um, This bit of info is from USA Today. It says the Teton County coroner in Wyoming confirmed the remains of those of Petito 22 and initially determined her manner of death was homicide. But the coroner, Dr. Brent Blue, did not disclose a cause of death pending final autopsy results, the FBI said in a statement. We extend sincere condolences to Gabby's family, friends and all the people whose lives she touched. And basically it just says that they're still looking to find the person um, who is responsible for or complicit in Gabby's death. Um, so we're now at the day that we're recording, which is September 22. Um, we were kind of in two minds if we should wait until this is something, if, until Brian's found or whatever, which he hasn't been found at the time of recording. If he is, we might do a little quick update, but mm-hmm. he hasn't been at the time of recording. September 22, Wednesday, things have slowed down quite a lot. Brian's still missing. The police have still been searching for him, even though they said they'd exhausted their options in the Carlton Preserve, they're back. They're looking for him today with divers. Today, someone who saw Gabby and Brian on August 27 came forward. Um, Her name is Nina Sully Angelo. She spoke to Fox News today. She said, I have chills right now. It's crazy because it wasn't like we just passed them on the street. It was a full-blown incident. So this is another incident mm-hmm. in public apart from this August 12 one. This is on August 27. It says that Nina told Fox News she and her boyfriend were in town for a wedding and they went out to lunch at a restaurant called Merry Piglets between 1 and 2 p.m. and they saw Brian arguing with a waitress. And that was the same day that the travel bloggers 
captured the van footage on their dash cam. So four and a half hours after this restaurant incident. And uh, Nina said she couldn't overhear the conversation fully, but that she believed Brian was arguing with restaurant staff about the bill or money. She described his body language as aggressive and said he left and came back about four times. At one point, Gabby came inside and apologized for Brian's behavior. And she um, said that they reported the incident to the FBI and said that Gabby appeared visibly upset and that he hounded staff at the Mary Piglet's restaurant. So this might give you a kind of insight if it's, you know, I'm assuming it sounds legit, so it might give you an insight into the kind of the... Yeah, and it seems like, I don't, like, I mean, I don't really know, just, this is just me going off of, like, all the stuff we've heard so far. It seems like she must have died either this night that or night. the next day. because It sounds like it was very soon. yeah. I would say that night. Yeah, I think he probably was so wound up that they might have had a massive argument after this. Mm-hmm. And then whatever happened, happened. Yeah, I agree. Um, one other piece of info that's come out today, which I think could prove to be quite interesting if it's true, it seems to be true. There's these people on camera speaking to all the news outlets, but basically it's some neighbours of the laundries and they've said that they, the laundry family, so the mum and the dad and Brian, packed up a brand new camper for a trip right after Brian got back from his trip with Gabby. There's a, the neighbour is called William, William Guthrie. He said he was doing some yard work when the laundries hooked up what appeared to be a new camper to the back of their pickup truck. I saw them doing some work and when they prepared for their trip, I saw them loading the camper. He said they were gone for the weekend and after packing up the camper and that's when police later came to their home and told them, that there was a missing persons case, they told them, the neighbours told them that the laundries had gone off for the weekend. He said he found it odd that the parents would go off on a camping trip with their 23-year-old son in such a small camper. So if Brian got back on the Wednesday, it sounds like maybe they left on the Friday to go on this camping trip. But then, I like... Don't I, don't, I don't know. How, like, I haven't... Obviously, this is kind of breaking news, so I haven't seen it confirmed how long they were actually gone for or what, yeah, or anything did, else. Did they come back with the camper? Well, there are photos, uh, like um, helicopter footage I've seen of, it's like, it looks like one of those white, it's an attached It's like a little camper, pop-up so it's, camper. Yeah, yeah. So I have seen images of it, so I'm assuming it's back at the laundry house. Hmm. So I think basically what people are starting to infer is that maybe they loaded up with whatever Brian would need and set it up as kind of a camp, wherever wherever he is, basically took all the supplies that he would need for him to hide. Yeah. And then that would mean that the whole reserve story is a lie, wouldn't it? Because he wouldn't have even yeah. been home. Kind of like a red herring. Yeah. So not only would it have been a lie in the first place, they just added on more lies by being like, well, he took his car. Well, we wouldn't picked up his car. Well, there was a note on the car. Crazy. I'm just, I'm just checking out Instagram now because we have some really great people who have sent us things, but there's nothing really new I can see about that. So there was a treat, uh, a, t- treat <laughs> a tweet from Brian Enton, who's been covering the case, saying, update from police, search at the reserve done for today. Nothing found. All the teams will be back tomorrow for a similar operation. So that is literally up-to-date information in this case as of the time of recording. Um, I figure they must have some really good reason to keep searching that reserve, not just the car. There must be something else that puts him there because otherwise what are they doing yeah i was just thinking like there has to be something else like what like how long are they going to just keep going back there when they're not finding anything like i don't even think they've found a single thing related besides the car yeah um to to brian there so um no doubt before we release this there'll be some updates so if there are we'll add them in but as of you know as of now, Wednesday, your time, Thursday, my time, this is where we're at. Um, we did 
try and keep the main bulk of this episode just to facts. There are so many kind of side rumors, side discussions. There's also so many details with this case because there's tons of reporters who are literally outside of Brian's house or literally at the reserve <laughs> or we're at wherever. What? I was just thinking about we forgot to mention the megaphone lady. Oh, he my said, God. Go and get him, daddy. Yeah, there's... <laughs> There's people literally camping outside of Brian's house, like protesters with signs, the reporters. It's like a frenzy there. And they're. But it kind of reminds me a bit of Casey Anthony. You know, they always used to do that outside of her house. Yeah. When this was going on. And Maybe Scott it's a Peterson. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With their like support signs, like Scott's girls or whatever. So I think there's just so much to kind of wade through. So they are, I feel like we've covered the main f- actual facts and things that have been generally confirmed. So. Um, I've noted down a few kind of rumors that maybe we can chat about. So one of the ones is that Brian, on Brian's Instagram account, he accidentally apparently went live for one or two seconds this week and the footage was a boat. Um, it's kind of on the edge of like a, only a very small tin boat, it looks like. Like or, a rowboat. You know, like a big, yeah, or a, you know, a smallish boat. And there's like a, something floating in the water, like a whatever, and you can see someone's crocs. Like it looks like there's someone else on the boat. There's at least two people on the boat, someone filming and then the person sitting there with the Crocs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that made people, you know, speculate he's definitely going to Mexico in a boat or he's going to Puerto Rico. Or There's the video, but there's no proof that it was like actually on his Instagram. No, it's going around and people have said it was on his Instagram. It's been taken down now. So I don't know how long it was meant to be up for. We've got the whole the video of it on our blog. I don't know. I'm a bit sus on that one. Yeah, I don't. I just think that would be too crazy. And I yeah. I don't know. There's just there's no way to connect it to his Instagram or to him. It's sad that it's there's so many people like trolls basically with this case are just looking for attention, making fake accounts of Gabby saying I'm not dead and yeah. um recreating the stickers on their van to resell them. People are even making like t-shirts, like merchandise, like some Gabby merch. It's like so weird the things people will do so i honestly wouldn't be surprised if this was just someone's like hmm, let me take this weird like ambiguous clip and be like whoa did you guys see that brian went live and every like so yeah. many people would just believe it based off of that and one of the other things that we mentioned quickly earlier is about the spotify playlist changing um you know things like he's changed the name of the spotify playlist there's you know different things changing on that that seems more legit to me like someone is actually accessing it yeah like i looked and you at would it. think the only people who have access to it would be brian and gabby it is true all the playlists don't have names on them it's not even just that one and they did the other day when yeah. i looked at them so in terms of the Spotify playlist, basically it was was called self-consumption and that someone has edited it to be, there's no title of but it it's now. Not so even, it's, just, it's not even just that one. There was, because I looked at it the other day, so I still had it like in my Spotify history. Like there's a bunch of different playlists on there and some of them were clearly like Gabby's, like they were like breakup songs, stuff like that, like Taylor Swift type, type playlists. And now every single playlist on the account doesn't have a title except one called Santa Cruz. But there's like 10 different playlists, all without names now. Very strange. Yeah. Someone had to have done that. Yeah. I, I think that's probably the most plausible point into him being alive mm-hmm. is that. Because the others are kind of like, oh, this, this could have happened because of this or this or whatever. Yeah. Um, the other thing that people have been talking a lot about is Brian's Instagram account. So obviously thousands of people have followed Brian since this all went happening and every day his 
follower count is going down a lot. So they're speculating that Brian is removing people from following him. I don't, I don't know about that. The other thing is that um, the um, the people who he's following go down every day. So I think someone messaged the page today and said that he'd lost two followers overnight, so he must be removing them. But I also think that these people are probably removing themselves or deactivating because they don't want to be associated. Like he's only following, I think, 43 yeah. people like that. So it wouldn't be that hard to go through the list and harass no people. So it wouldn't surprise me if people are removing themselves or deactivating or, you know, if I was whatever. I think one of his herring. followers or whatever, if I was being followed by him and it's like he only had 40, 50 followers, I would want to remove myself. Like the amount of people who are yeah. interested in this case going through his list, taking screenshots of them, being like, who are these people for really no reason? Like I wouldn't want to be associated either. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that we didn't mention a lot is that there have been a lot of sightings of or alleged sightings of Brian. There was one on a deer cam the other day. It did look like Brian. It was some random guy, 800, I think 800 miles from where Brian was last seen, found on a deer cam, carrying a backpack. I thought it might have been Brian. Like it seemed like it possibly could be, but police have since come out and said that it's not. When you see the picture at first, you're like, yeah, it does kind of look like him. But then if you do like a legit side-by-side of them comparison, it doesn't really look much like him at all. There's, um, and I feel like he's a very generic looking guy. Yeah. The other guy just has like totally, they just have totally different like face structure. So one other kind of sighting ish of brian was in venice in florida there was people who called the police and said that they believed they'd seen someone with the same backpack as brian for some reason his backpack seems to be his most identifying feature anyway so they said they thought they had found seen brian and that the police were surrounding a house and the person wouldn't come out so we're like wow this might be it maybe <laughs> but then we thought probably not because i've posted about it so it probably will not end up being him and in the end it wasn't so it was just, I don't know if this was, it was on this police scanner that, you know, they actually mentioned Brian Laundry, but it turned out not to be related at all to this case. So Unfortunately. Yes. So it's made the news here in Australia. Like I'm just Googling now and there's heat, like on front page of our news sites and all that. It's made it everywhere, I think, which is why people are so into it. It's a real... Yeah, it's crazy. It's literally everywhere. If I go to the gas station to get snacks, it's on all the papers. It's on my local news because, you know, I live in New York, so the local news likes to find any vague connection to make it like a local story. So they're like, New York native, Gabrielle Petito. I've never ever had so many messages just from random people about it. Like even my brother was sending me a message about it. I'm like, how do you even know about this? Yeah. So I think that is about it for now. Like obviously things are going to happen, hopefully soon. But that is up to date as we can be for this case. I'm going to try to edit this as fast as possible and try to get it out within 48 hours. Um, I don't know if it's doable, (laughs) but I'm really going to try because I want to get out before the weekend. I'm sure there will be small updates. I don't think we will re-record to add them in if it's just small stuff. But if If Brian's found, we might. Yeah. (laughs) If something major (laughs) happens, like they find Brian, we'll probably record again to add it on. I know there's tons of stuff that we like left out, but we left it out on purpose, like not because it's not important to like the story. Like I was saying before, yeah. there's so many reporters involved. 
There's so many little tiny details out there that don't really give anything to the story, like the whole Yelp thing and just like every little detail from the search and like how there was a Verizon truck there. About the bumper stickers and even mm-hmm. about that girl who looked so much like Gabby. Um, yeah, all that we left you know, out. So like it's, that's all in the blog. You can read about every single thing that's ever happened in the blog. It's just not really in the end relevant to the case. Yeah, or on our Instagram highlights. But yeah, we, we know all the stuff. You don't need to message us and be like, but what about this? What about this? We know. <laughs> we just left it out <laughs> for the sake of this not being three hours long. And because in the end, it kind of, those small things don't exactly matter. This takes away from the story. Yeah. yeah. If you want to see all the details, go to our blog, our Instagram, our Facebook anything literally i've screenshot so many things my hands hurt so please go check them out (laughs) what do you think has happened to brian as a final thought i really don't know people have been messaging and asking like what do you think do you think he's dead do you think he's alive i honestly i don't really like have a strong opinion either way i won't be surprised if he's alive i won't be surprised if he's dead i'm kind of I lean a little bit more towards Alive for now just because of the wild goose chase his parents are creating. Yeah, that's what I also think. I think he's alive for now because otherwise what his parents hiding, if they, if they really don't know where he is. Why wouldn't they just tell why, the truth at this point? Yeah, why wouldn't they just, you know, I feel like there's so many um, discrepancies in their story that they must have an idea of where he is and that he's alive because otherwise why wouldn't you want them to find him too? Yeah, I feel like if he was dead or assumed dead and they kind of knew that like you said if they don't know like why wouldn't they want to find him if they knew he was dead and they don't why wouldn't they stop protecting him to help gabby's family and like say what they know like it's not he's going to be punished for it at this point they don't seem that like i you know obviously we don't know what goes on behind closed doors but they don't seem that desperate to find him like if they really didn't know where he was you would think they would issue a plea. And if they had no idea what he'd done, for example, you think maybe they would issue a plea and say, Brian, you know, we can sort out whatever's happened, come home. But it feels like they're just, their silence is a bit of a indicator as to what they possibly know. Yeah. They seem kind of like a weird family. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I think he's alive for now. I also wouldn't be surprised though if he does end up dead. Um, I don't know. I've tried to see if he has any guns. I don't think he does or I haven't seen that he does but like i was thinking maybe this might end up in some kind of you know negotiation with police i don't see him having a gun if he's not even gonna drink out of a fucking water bottle i also agree so i think he's probably alive for now maybe he will take his own life if this keeps going on i don't know but yeah i I wouldn't be surprised either but it's like i feel like he's not in the reserve but then i also am like they must know something if they're still searching this friggin reserve and especially, especially for them to stop say, and say they've exhausted all back. their options. Yeah. With so the I FBI. figure there must be something that points him that points to him being there. Yeah. I don't know. We shall see, I guess. But well, we were just saying, I hope this doesn't turn into another Eduardo situation. I think we spoke a while ago about one of our members being murdered by her boyfriend. Tif- um, Tiffany Booth was murdered by her boyfriend, Eduardo, and he has been on the run for, I think, almost a year now. So. Yep. I hope this isn't a case like that. Or even Alexis Sharkey. Like, they haven't said oh, yes. that it was her yep. husband She's or anything. almost a year but, too now, yeah. But we are assuming yep. it is, but even so, it's just been silence ever since. Yeah. So it does happen. Hopefully not in this case, though. Yeah. Like we said, if there's any major update, we will try to add it. I will try to get this episode out very fast. But like we said, if you are 
new here, welcome. Hope you stay, listen to more. Leave us a review. Um, sometimes we beg for them. So if you listen on Apple, leave us a review. And as we said a billion times throughout this episode, check out the blogs. We'll put all the photos, documents, everything on there. Instagram, I've been posting on there a lot more, like live updates and Facebook page, Facebook group, and we have a forum at truecrimesociety.com. So lots of options. Oh, and also our Twitter. We are starting to use that again. Check out all that, and we will talk to you guys online. (laughs) See ya.